you a little bit today. I, I don't have very long today. I need to motivate you because you need motivation like I need motivation. As we look at the news, as we see what's happening, as we watch cities burn, as we see the unrest that's taking place, and we see the toxic nature of what's happening politically. And if you haven't seen that, trust me, you don't have to look too hard to find it. As we've already had one storm that hit very close to home in Lake Charles and also very close to home over in, the, of course, that storm we were watching in some kind of a way, it went over there to the, to the beaches and the panhandle and we're praying for them and who knows, there might be opportunity for us to reach out over there as well. I mean, who doesn't want to go to the beach to try and help the, the, the hurricane victims, right? Now we have another one brewing in the storm and we're going to be seeing rain for the next four or five days and we're not even going to see the sun. And, and then we still have the COVID virus that's up and down and mask and no mask and, and what's really going on here. All of these things, listen, they're, they're there. The enemy is using these things to, to get you distracted from the things that are most important. You'll notice that the very message today is our secrets. And for the next few weeks, I'm going to be sharing with you secrets of strong and healthy Christians. No matter what we see happening, no matter what goes on in the world around us, I want you to know that the most important thing that you have in your life is your walk with Jesus Christ. When I refer to Christianity, I'm not talking about knowledge. I'm not talking about what you grew up in. I'm not talking about the church that your parents brought you to. Even if this is that church, I am talking about a healthy, vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ did not come to fill your lives with religion. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself wasn't very religious. And he, the, the people that he came against the most were the people who were religious. This is not about religion. This is about a relationship. So I want to help you to develop your relationship with Jesus Christ, and I want to give you secrets of strong and healthy Christians because we need it more than ever. And so I want you to turn with me. I want, you to, I want to show you what a strong and healthy Christian looks like and, and how they got that way. This is David writing this. Now, we know that Christianity didn't exist in the Old Testament. Jesus hadn't come. Believe it or not, Christianity... The word didn't exist even in the book of Acts. They called them children of the way. They, they called them other things, but Christian and the label Christian didn't come until later. So you can say this is, this is the secret of the strong and healthy godly individual. Let's look and see how David defined them. It says this in Psalm 1, and I'm, I'm going to read you the whole thing. It's a quick psalm. It's not very long, but you need to hear this. He starts off his book by saying, blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. I mean, I can't imagine a better way to start off your writing because immediately I say he's about to define what a blessed man, what a blessed woman, what a blessed individual looks like. He's going to tell us how we can get there. Because many of us today, maybe we don't feel like we're blessed, and he's about to define for you how you can be blessed in your life and what it looks like when someone is blessed by God. He defines it first of all. He says, here's how you become blessed. He says, blessed is the man. He gives three negative things first, things not to do. Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Don't do these things if you want to be blessed. 
And then he says, do this if you do want to be blessed. But his delight, whose delight? The blessed man of God, the man that is blessed by God, the woman who is blessed by God, their delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. Now we know that we no longer live according to the law, that Jesus came to fulfill the law. So in our terminology, in this dispensation of grace that we now live in, the law has been fulfilled by Jesus Christ. So we can actually redefine this and say, blessed is the man who meditates on, loves Jesus Christ and meditates on him day and night. Hopefully you won't think that I'm trying to misinterpret the Bible, but you're going to find that the law was fulfilled by Jesus. Jesus is the word, is the law. And so he goes on and he says this. Now let me give you a description of what a blessed individual looks like. If you're blessed by God, this is what you'll be like. He shall be, in verse 3, like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Everybody say whatever. That means your family, your marriage, your job, your parenting, your every, whatever he does will prosper. Why? Because you're blessed by God. Why am I blessed by God? Because I love the law of the Lord and I meditate on it day and night. David knew the word of God. He knew what was in the scrolls. He knew the commandments that were set before him. He loved the law and he meditated on it day and night. Why does someone bless that meditates on the law day and night? Because it changes what they do. It changes how they treat people. It changes how they they speak. The, The word of God, the law of the Lord is everything for a Christian. He goes on. Now listen to what else he says. He goes on to say this. The ungodly, however, are not so. The ungodly are not what? The ungodly are not blessed. But they're like the chafe which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. He begins to define for us the importance of his word. We begin to see, listen, you cannot be a Christian and not know the word, study the word, have some concept of the word of God. You need to know the word for yourself, not just what I speak on a Sunday or what Pastor Vic speaks on a Wednesday. If you're going to be a healthy, strong Christian, you're going to need to know the word. You're going to need to be strong and healthy because the enemy is fighting every day to destroy Christianity all over the world. And even right here in our own community. I want to encourage you. And so today, like I said, motivation. Here's the thing. And I'm just going to give it to you right up front. And it's not a secret. It's a secret, but, you know, is it a secret? Not really, but it's a shame. Because only 19% of evangelical Christians read their Bible on a daily basis. And let me just tell you, that, that, that can't be. That's something that should not be. If you want to be a strong and healthy Christian, you must read, study, and love God's word. I'm going to stick to my notes here, but I'm going to get a little animated because you need to hear this. You need to get this. This needs to get into your soul, into your spirit, and change what you're doing every day. Listen to me. 
Dealing with doubt, study God's word. Dealing with temptation, study God's word. Are you hurt, rejected, or depressed? Study God's word. Are you happy, victorious, and successful? Study God's word. Love the law and meditate on it day and night. Psalm 119, 97 says this, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Just what we've seen in Psalm 1. Psalm 119, or Joshua 1.8. Joshua, he was successful. Why? Because this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. People don't have good success and their ways aren't prosperous. Why? Because they're doing things of their own accord the way they think they need to do it instead of doing it according to the word it's just simple these are simple facts do you want to be prosperous know the word study the word get into the word I'm going to help you maybe you've never read the Bible on your own I'm going to help you today to, to start reading the Bible on your own Look at what Psalm 119, 159 through 160. It says, consider how I love your precepts. Receive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. The entirety of your word is truth. All of your promises are yes and amen. The entirety of your word is truth. Some of you say, I don't know, Pastor Brian. I don't necessarily know that if I believe that the word of God, that the Bible is the actual word of God. I mean, they've got some great stories in there. I don't know if I can believe it all. Well, let me just tell you, you either believe all of it or you don't believe any of it because then it becomes very confusing as to what part you'll take and what part you'll leave. Pastor Brian, I don't know if I can believe that Noah took two of every animal and loaded up on a boat when God flooded the earth. You can't believe that, really? Well, can you believe that he created the entire universe in seven days? If you can believe that, then why can't you believe that God did what he needed to do to spare life as we know it on this planet? He's just good enough to do that. I don't know if, 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 if you know, Jonah really got swallowed up by a fish. You know, I, I don't know that a, a man could live in the belly of a whale for three days. And I don't, listen, I don't question that because if God can create the universe, if Jesus could raise Lazarus from the dead, and why can't God do that with this, with this man called Jonah? If he can part the Red Sea, yes, I believe that. Yes, I believe what's in the word of God. Yes, I believe these. And no, I don't believe their stories. I believe that these are visual, visual miracles that are recorded. Pastor Brian, that's ridiculous. Listen, again, I'm going to say it and I'm going to read to you. The entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Listen, if you don't have something to stand on, then what are you standing on? Then what do you use to define for yourself what is right and what is wrong? What is sinful and what is lawful? How do you define this? Do you wait for the Supreme Court to tell you what they think is okay? Because I'm just going to tell you, if man is involved, it's going to be manipulated. And there are things that are atrocious to our minds today that will at some point be lawful. 
Why? Because it's man. This is true. It's been true. And it's true for today just like it was true 2,000 years ago when Jesus was, was born, dead, buried, and rose again. And it was true before that when the Old Testament was written. You have to believe. You have to stand. Can I tell you, I have never seen the word of God let anyone down. Never. I've never seen one it's one person that says, I'm going to live according to the word of God, and they come back and say, that was the biggest mistake of my life. It's always been proven. It's always been right. And you've got to know that you've got to fall in love with the word. Listen, reading God's word, is allowing him to speak to you. Matthew 7, 24, 25. These, this is Jesus speaking. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, on the second point here, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the riots happened and viruses and the pandemic took over and shut things down and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall. Why? Because it was founded upon the rock. And what is the rock? It's these words of mine. <laughs> Marriages don't fall apart in the middle of a virus or in the middle of a quarantine because we, we go back to the word of truth. We go back to the word of God and we treat each other accordingly. And we stand on the truth. You know what? We, we don't lose our Christianity. We don't doubt things because of anything other than the enemy coming in, sowing seeds of confusion. Where do we go when that happens? Right here. It's all here. The funny thing that we don't understand is we don't read this because maybe you don't understand what this is. This is the way God speaks to you. Have you ever hoped that someone would reach out to you, call you, text you, or email you? Your spouse after a fight and you're hoping that they text you. A girlfriend or a boyfriend that you're reaching out to and you can't wait to see their text, to see the Snapchat that they're going to be sending you. And they, they, or, or you're just hoping to, to get something, some form of communication so that you'll know they're still engaged, so that you'll know that, that they still, they're thinking about you the way that you're thinking about them. You hope your, your kids call when you haven't heard and you're sad and you're just wishing your children would call and you're waiting for the call. You're waiting for for a letter. We wait anxiously. We check our phones, anxiously waiting. Maybe maybe you sent them a text and maybe you made a call and you're waiting for them to call you back. The Bible, listen to this. The Bible is God's response to every prayer that we've ever prayed. It's like we, he says, man, we wait anxiously for those letters. We wait anxiously for the call, for the text, and we need to do the same. When is, if I told you today, hey, listen, I need you to meet me in my office to, on Monday because God has something that he wants to say to you. Well, who wouldn't show up? Well, God, God showed up in a dream and, and told Pastor Brian something, and I need to go hear what God said. Now, wouldn't it be a little bit disappointing if I broke out the word of God and said, let's read this together? Because God has something that he wants to say to you. I want you to know that this is a letter from God. It's a love letter from God. 
We're waiting for correspondence when he's given us all the correspondence that we need. I can remember being in boot camp. And let me just tell you, you're, I was in Fort McClellan, Alabama, seven hours away. To me, I might as well have been in a whole other country, uh, only because I've never been away from home for that long or even that distance. And I can remember anxiously the drill sergeant would come in. There's two things that the drill sergeants don't mess with. They don't mess with your meals and they don't mess with your mail. They do a little bit. But they let you read your, their, your, your mail and they let you eat your food. And he would come in and he would have a stack of letters and he would say, private so-and-so, private so-and-so. And you're just sweating. There's a lump in your throat and you're just praying that, that your parents wrote you, that, that your friends wrote you. You just want to hear about something that's going on at home. We didn't have cell phones and we had to stand in line at a pay phone. And so where were you just hoping it? And, and, and so you you know what? There are guys that are hoping for a love letter from, from their girlfriend. There's guys that are hoping for news about their house from their parents. And you're anxiously waiting. And I just think, Lord, help us to be that way with your word. Because this is a love letter to you and to me. The Bible is God's love letter to us. His his, his phone call, it's a long text, letting us know that we may have messed things up, but he will step in and he will fix it. He has stepped in and he has fixed it. That everything's going to be fine. Everything is going to work out. This letter isn't antiquated. It's not an antiquated letter. It doesn't make sense to us today. It's not just a historical document with crazy stories to help us better, to be better in life. It's a love letter to God's most precious creation. This is a love letter to God's most precious creation. And every day he just hopes that we would open up his letter and learn how much he loves us. To see that he has a purpose and a plan. To see that it's all going to be okay. But Pastor Brian, it's not all going to be okay. What if things don't go the way that we hope that they go in November? What if things go south and go crazy before then? What if there's another uptick in, in coronavirus? Listen, the word of God says that in the end, love wins. And no matter what we go through and no matter what we face, there's hope, the hope of eternal life. For whosoever would believe in me would not perish but have everlasting life. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that this word is alive and it's living. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. This thing is active. This thing is alive. It's not something that was written for people that don't know or understand what you're going through. This was written for you and it was written for me and it is God's correspondence with us. And maybe you haven't heard God's voice in a thunderous roll. Maybe he hasn't spoken to you in a still small voice. Maybe he hasn't used a prophet to come and say thus says the Lord and you just wonder how come I haven't heard from God because you're not reading this this is God's word to you I just I you got to get in the word with everything that's coming the first secret of a strong and healthy Christian know and love God's word listen they read it they study it 
and they memorize it. To them, the word of God is life. With it, they live. Without it, they die. Spiritually, emotionally, and ultimately physically. Why does that person have such strong faith? Why is that individual so in love with Jesus? Because they love the word of God. They read the Bible. Why is that business so successful? Why is it that they're successful and others aren't? Because they know that he who loves the law meditates on it day and night. All that he does will prosper. With it, with it, with the word, these Christians, their leaves are green. Without it, their leaves wither under the heat. Wither, with it, they aren't anxious in the year of drought because they drink from a well that never runs dry. With it, fear and worry, or without it, fear, worry, and anxiety destroy these Christians, but with it, they produce great fruit of love, joy, and peace. The word to them is Jesus the author and finisher of their faith. In the Bible, we see so many, we see Jesus called certain things. We see in Matthew, before he was named Jesus, we see that the angel proclaimed him as Emmanuel. That means that God is with us. It gave us an understanding of who Jesus was. And you go to the book of John, before John refers to him as Jesus, in the very beginning of John, we see that, that he is he is called the Word. It says this in John 1. In the beginning was the Word. Word is capitalized. Word is referring to Jesus. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, through Jesus, through the Word. Without him nothing was made. And, and in him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness didn't comprehend it. He referred to him as what? The word. Why did John refer to Jesus as the word? Because he fulfills the word. When we know the word of God, we know Jesus. When we know Jesus, we want to know the word of God. And it's not just the word that the pastors tell you or that you learn from listening to whomever it is that you listen to or the podcast that you listen to or the videos that you watch. Listen, you need to get into the word for you. You don't just need to know the word for everybody. You need to know and listen and study the word of God for you. What is he telling you? What is he telling you in regards to your relationships? For those of you that aren't married, what is he telling you in regards to finding a good wife? Or for you ladies, a, a good husband, what, what is he telling you in raising your children and how to raise them? What is he telling you in the way that you treat people, in the, in the decisions that you have to make? That's why we're prosperous, because we do things according to the word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16, just so you know. Now, I know that this is the Bible defining this, but we have faith to believe this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instructions in righteousness. 66 books, 66 separate books written over 1,500 years are what make up this thing that we call the Word of God. What makes it so special, all of it points to one thing, and that's mankind's redemption through a Messiah his name is Jesus Christ. All of it. 
Try to do that now. Try to get 66 different authors that don't know each other in different parts of the world and get them to write about something together and see what you get. You will not get the unity that you get and find in the word of God. It's because it's supernatural. It's not because it's just a real neat thing that happened. Listen, it's, it's impossible for these gentlemen, for these ladies all to live these lives, to write about this and have such unity pointing to Jesus Christ. 66 books written over 1,500 years, written by 40 authors from every walk of life, inspired by the Holy Spirit, these kings, these peasants, these prophets and physicians, all writing with supernatural unity pointed to Jesus as the Messiah, God's answer. When he tells us that Jesus is the answer to our redemption, we've messed things up. We've allowed sin to wreck humanity. And the only answer, the only way to fix it is Jesus. It's Jesus' life and work of redemption on the cross that is the answer to the problems that we face today. If you can't believe what's in the word, it's because you lack faith. And I'm just going to tell you that without faith, it is impossible to please God and understand his word. With faith, and this is what I want you to understand, when it comes to faith, it says those who have faith to believe will be rewarded by God himself. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How do we diligently seek God? How do we diligently seek him? If I diligently want to know my wife, I'm going to have to communicate with her. If I want to diligently know you as an individual, as a pastor, and get into your world, I'm going to need to talk to you. We're going to have to have some conversations, and this is how we diligently seek God. We know who he is. We know what he wants. We know the best that he has for us by reading his word. And when we skip it, then we are robbing ourselves of hearing the voice of the Lord. To diligently seek him means we study his word, we love his word, we memorize his word. Where do I start, Pastor Brian? Start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because there we see the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everything before points to the Messiah. Everything after points to his soon return. The Old Testament says that God created man and gave us a choice and gave us a free will. Our will was to disobey. And at that moment, there was division between us and God. And the entire Old Testament was how God was going to fix things by sending the Messiah. We couldn't fix things of our own accord. There weren't enough sacrifices to make to cover our sins. There weren't enough laws and things that we could obey to fix our lives and guarantee us heaven. So God says, you fixed it. You broke it, but I'm going to fix it. And in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he says, here's the fix to your problems. His name is Emmanuel. His name is the word. His name is Jesus. And we are introduced to the Messiah. To Jesus, the answer to all of man's problems. And then the rest of the Bible says this. The Old Testament says we need a Savior. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John says the Savior is here. 
The rest of the Bible says the Savior's coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. And that's where we get the hope. And so what am I encouraging you to do today? I'm encouraging you, yes, please come and get a sign and post it in your yard, realizing that some of you live in neighborhoods that you can't post political signs, but maybe it's your business or maybe you know of someone that would like this. I need you to come. They're free. I bought a bunch of them. We're going to be posting this out because we need to get the word out, and that's great. But I'm also encouraging you to do something. Here I can watch signs disappear. But the next thing I'm going to ask you to do, there's no way of knowing whether or not you're doing it. As your pastor, I'm going to encourage you to read and study and love the Word of God. So you won't know that we're doing that. Yeah, I will. Because the Word says that if you're reading, studying, and applying the Word, it says you'll be like a tree planted by the water. You draw your nutrients from the water, the well that never runs dry, that is Jesus Christ and the word of God. That when the heat is applied, your leaves won't wither. How many of you would stand with me and agree that the heat is being applied right now like never before? And in the midst of the heat that comes, our leaves won't wither. Jeremiah says it this way in in chapter 17. And in the year of drought, they won't grow anxious. Why? Well, because you remember we're planted by the river. And the river is the word of God, the spirit of God. So will I know that you're reading your word? Well, yeah, because you know what? Your, your family is going to be more prosperous. Your business is going to, oh, he's preaching that prosperity doctrine. I'm not preaching a prosperity doctrine. I'm telling you what the word of God says. Now, the other thing that I want you to know is that he defines prosperity different than you and I do. That doesn't mean you're going to drive a nicer car or move into a larger home, a better neighborhood. It doesn't mean that your tithe is going to increase. That doesn't mean that I'm going to have more money. Prosperity is measured in so many different ways in the word of God. That means that you'll have joy when there is no joy. You'll have peace when there is no peace. You'll have love when all you hear or see is hate. Christians, trust me. Why are you telling me this? Because you're going to be hated. Listen to me. Those of you watching, those of you under the sound of my voice, You are going to be hated. The truth that is in you is going to be hated by those who might disagree with you. Keep your mind on this. The word of God says that we don't battle against flesh and blood. But we battle against things that we can't see. That's where the battle takes place. And so in the midst of people gnashing their teeth at Christianity and Christian values, I'll be like Isaac Snyder, and you won't be able to wipe the smile off my face. This guy just smiles all the time, and I love it. Right? I have a daughter that does the same. I just love that. And to me, Lord, help me to be that guy. Boy, I'll tell you, I realize that I'm not. When I go to him and say, Lord, I want, I need you to fix me. 
I need you to fix the hate. I need you to fix the frustration. I need you to fix the despair. I need you to fix the depression. I need you to fix my physical body. I need you to fix my marriage, my relationship with my children. I need you to fix my relationship with people in my community. And he says, Here, here's, here's, the, here's the guide. This is how you can fix it. I don't know who's coming up, Andy or Steve. I don't want somebody to come on up, Steve, if you would. I'm going to close by encouraging you. Pastor Brian, I don't have a Bible. Then you come and see me after service. You go to Pastor Vic after service. I want to put a Bible in your hands, and I'll even show you where Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are so that we can put a bookmarker there, and you can start reading about the Word, reading about Jesus, getting to know Him. Once you do that, you're going to fall in love with Jesus, and you're going to say, I don't know how anybody wouldn't want to serve this man. This man raised the dead. This man forgave sinners. This man loved, loved those caught in adultery. Ate lunch with those who were known thieves. That's who Jesus was. He looked at his disciples and he basically said this, I didn't come for those who are healthy. I came for those who are sick spiritually we walk and sometimes spiritually we're sick he's there for you he loves you that's who he is when you find out who he is you're going to wish that you could have been one of his twelve that you could have been there when he was speaking at the sermon on the mount or when he fed the five thousand and you're going to say Lord I just wish I could have heard you I just wish that I could have reached out and touched the hem of your garment I just wish and he'll whisper in your ear and say hey remember I said I'll never leave you nor forsake you he's there for you to touch the hem of his garment today are you hungry let him feed you are you thirsty drink from a well that never runs dry Are you in despair? Are you lost? Are you trying to figure things out? Where are the answers? Right here. They're in this. Now listen, some of your Bibles glow, and that's okay. There's free downloads, the U version of the Bible. Download it and read it. I just like this because I, I learn generally where I found things, and I can flip back to it pretty easily got things highlighted in places that I know. It's a thin Bible. Joe Felder gave this to me a long time ago when I first became pastor. I started pastoring this church in 2002. I love this Bible. I read it. I, I love my, my I love my Bible that glows. I love that I use that today to minister to you because I can put notes in there and and study. I love the Word of God. It's changed my life. It's helped me to be more patient, more kind, and more loving. Jenny might want a minute for rebuttal. But I'm trying. I'm not the man that I know that I, I should be, but by the grace of God, I'm not the man that I used to be. So that means every day I have another opportunity to become more like Christ, to discover what He wants and what He desires of me in my life. Where do I find that? Here. 
find things that say to let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, only that which is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer. My family is better because I'm better. I learned that, to, that I should be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication, make my request known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. I learned these things because I've memorized these things and I found them in the Word. You've got to get in the Word. No two ways about it. Let me motivate you today. Maybe you've never read the Bible. Start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just get through the first chapter of Matthew. It's going to be this one, beget that one, and that one, beget this one. And then you're going to go to sleep in the first, you know, two paragraphs. Listen, that's just telling you the lineage of Jesus Christ. Get into it after that, and you're going to discover who he is. And it will change your life forever. Would you stand with me? Lord God, I'm praying for these right now. I'm asking that you would help us to hunger and thirst for your word the way that we do. For a text from our friends. For, for communication from people that are important to us. I'm praying, Lord God, that we would desire your word even more than that. And Lord God, we would look for it, that we would hunger for it, that every day, Lord, if we go to the end of the day, we'll be starving by the end of the day because we haven't gotten into your word. I'm praying that, Lord God, you would change us as, as we understand who you are, what you've done, change our lives, help us to go deeper into you and let us, let us understand. Lord, for those that have never read it, may they have understanding like they've never had as they open it and begin to read. And Lord, may they understand that this is a secret. But it's not really a secret. But it will certainly help us to be stronger and healthier than we've ever been. And we need that right now in a world that just seems to be falling apart right before our eyes. I'm praying, Lord, that you would strengthen us, cause us to be healthy, even in the midst of the craziness that we see and the craziness that we have. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Do it. Start today. Go to the table of contents. If you don't know where to find Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, go to your table of contents and look for it. Tell Siri to find Matthew in the Bible for you. She will. It's crazy. Before you leave, if you have the ability and you would like to have one or two or three of these signs, I want you to come and grab a sign. It's your, it's the part that you'll play to get the word out that if you love life, vote yes on Amendment 1. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for coming. If you have children, I'm going to need you to get this sign really quick and go get your kiddos. But y'all come and, and grab some of these signs. Grab, grab several of them if you need to. But we need you guys to start putting this out because we need to get the word out. Vote yes on Amendment 1.